Trigger warning. This episode contains topics of extreme religious indoctrination, cult behavior, psychological and physical abuse, as well as anecdotes of traumatic experiences. Discretion is advised. Welcome back to another obnoxious episode of the Burning Eden Podcast. I'm Mel, your favorite big titty heathen. And I'm Bath, your suave, smooth, spicy sickness. So Bath, I heard yes. you have a hole that you need filled. Is this true? You are correct, hmm? Mel. I was hoping you would help me fill this gut-shaped hole that I have since you're such an expert in the field. Oh, that was so kind of you to think mm-hmm. of me in your time of need. And yes, I would love to help you fill your hole. I brought my cock. Uh, do you think you'll need it? Well, I mean, if we want the job done correctly, then yes, we will need your cock. Actually, I think we need spackle to fill this hole. Um, as long as it doesn't get in my hair. What? Uh, I'll tell you when you're older. Anyway, on today's episode, we have Lindsay, a.k.a. Cult Chronicles from TikTok. Welcome, Lindsay. What's up, Lindsay? Hi, guys. Hey. Yay. Do you have a a God-shaped hole, too, Lindsay? I do many, actually. I think we all do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just just want all my holes filled, honestly. I could use the help. Send me notes. I'll send you a diagram, you know. I need to learn all the ways. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you. Someone literally commented that on one of my videos. Uh, And I, of course, exposed it and made fun of them. Like you have to. It was a stupid ass fucking comment. (laughs) Something about, uh, yeah, you atheists have a hole. And it's it's a a God-shaped hole. And then I replied something like, how do you know that it's shaped? <laughs> right. how, how do you know anything just, about this mm, hole? How like, do they how do they know what the shape of God is? That's is he like eight inches? Like what like Cavernous? what is he? Like he's all encompassing? <laughs> like I, I don't get it. I, help. I, help. <laughs> That's literally just help. I feel like from an ATI IBLP kid, I need a seminar to explain this. A seminar. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Seminars are the way we learn. <laughs> Visual yeah, aids. I also panels. need that. Yes. I need a seminar like on how po- to fill poster presentations <laughs> and panels. <laughs> I need a PowerPoint. Yes. Okay. <laughs> there also breakout sessions. No. Oh, oh my Because I'm there for that too. Oh no. Yeah. Dude, yeah. That I'd be hilarious. Up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That would be such a parody. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> I love it. Like in the morning is finding the hole. The second right. After lunch is like working with filling the hole. Working with the hole, you know. Working with the hole. Yeah. Removing things from said cavern. Oh, no. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's why it's called the Holy Spirit. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> God <damn it>. Absolutely. <laughs> So, Lindsay, would you like to fill us with the Holy Spirit by reading the Bible verse of the day? Yes. So, the Bible verse of the day that I've chosen is Esther 5, verse 2. And it was so, when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court, that uh, she obtained favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So, Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Amen. So, it's literally just the tip. Just mm. the tip. And no, it was golden. And, and it, it was in his was... hand. Oh, man. Damn. Uh, There's a lot. To that's a lot there. to unpack there. Yeah. 
Maybe she can fill the hole with that. That's what she said. Amen. I love that. Yes. You're welcome. Yes. I encourage you to read more of that chapter. It's it's pretty fun. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if it's you know if it's the whole shaft, then I will continue reading. (laughs) It might it 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 might just stay with the tip for her, but I'm sure. Such a tease. Oh my goodness. My favorite Bible verse is uh, Ezekiel twenty three twenty. Yeah. You know, there's lusted after her lovers. It's, it's so good. That that was her yes. first choice, and I was like, it I had was. to be like, damn Fuck. it, because <laughs> it's a beautiful verse. Honestly, you know, like, I just I just love the emissions of a stallion, right? Right, like, like that's intense. It got milk. I mean, like, <laughs> huh? like, what? <laughs> I have questions. Oh my! Do we all um, <laughs> till the end of time? Uh, yes, for sure. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. That was beautiful. Yeah, you're you're you. so welcome. <laughs> um, so we would love to know, this is a loaded question. <laughs> what is your religious background and how did you become where you are today? Like, are, are you an atheist like or agnostic? Like, what are you? I would, yeah, I feel like I, I'm not quite an atheist. I do kind of feel like there's something out there, like mm-hmm. just an, an energy, even if it's my own energy, you know, okay. I, right now I'm like just choosing to believe in the energy of myself, that I am mm-hmm. my own higher being mm-hmm. and I can make the choices based Ooh. on information that comes to me. And it's not that I'm denying um, other people, their beliefs or mm-hmm. anything of that sort, but I also don't want to be impacted by other people's beliefs. I, you know, unless it, it is for good. Sickness. <laughs> <laughs> there you well, you know, you can send me to a seminar. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I feel like for, for me, it's just really more like I'm kind of in the agnostic space, but I'm ready to sort of move into understanding a lot more. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm also in, in a space where I've been really only in the last two years actually addressing anything from oh, my upbringing wow. and my past. So okay. um, I guess we'll we'll kind of like rewind real quick to yes. like yeah. my how, childhood. How did everything start? <laughs> Back when I was in the womb. In, um, in the womb yeah. ends. <laughs> then we emerge. Life's great, sort of. Um, you know, <laughs> my dad was in the Air Force, military guy. Mm. Um, so I was already kind of within a strict construct, um, right. just kind of getting into my life at a young age. And then my parents were Christians, decided to get into, you know, just really uh, staunch Christianity. And, um, you know, for a while, it was just going to church on Sundays. And I don't remember, you know, I feel like most of it was like Baptist churches or non-denominational, you know, kind of fundamental Baptist, maybe. And then, um, so I just remember like church on Sundays, you know, and then they started going into these seminars um, (laughs) with um, the Institute in Basic Life Principles, um, which was run and created by Bill Gothard. And I was very young at the time, haven't really unpacked all of this with my parents at this point in time. So I don't know what it was that stood out to them. I honestly just think from my own perspective, as I got older, I just think that they wanted the most and the bestest of the best for Christianity for their kids. Mm. They wanted us to have the chance to be the most protected, the Mm. most incubated, the most not of the world, pure little children that could then go forth as like these, these great soldiers in the world that, you know, we could, you know, Bill's slogan is giving the world a new approach to life. And I mean, it's definitely a new approach, y'all, because (laughs) ain't no one trying 
trying to do this stuff, you know, like it's just <laughs> what, um, let's basically take on a program where we all become the craziest freaks. Um, and we are even aware that we are like the craziest freaks, um, especially as kids, wow. because you're getting, you know, my parents go to these seminars and every time they would come back, more would be taken from us. Like, oh, oh, your clothes have to change. You can't wear pants and shorts anymore. Um, you can't wear sleeveless shirts yes, anymore. Right. We, we can't watch TV anymore. So the TV gets chucked out the window. Um, oh, you know, we can't eat oh, sugary wow. cereals anymore. We can't like literally every, it seemed like every few months, like just more of our happiness and childhood were yeah. just being They're ripped. Stripping away your identity. Exactly. Little little. Yeah. Like yeah. who the hell yeah. are we? We've been stripped to nothing. We have no joy. Oh. Our joy it can only be in the lord and of god's Ooh. service right Ooh. it gives me goosebumps even up. to just utter the phrase and just blah, blah. um yeah, and as a kid you oh don't you don't really understand the depth of what's happening to you you just have to roll with it right because right. now your parents believe in corporal punishment and removing even more things from you and i mean i grew up in a home you know trigger warning for people who are listening but I grew up in a home where uh, spankings and discipline was a regular occurrence. And mm. it really does at a young age like that. I mean, that type of physical harm will put you in a space of compliance very quickly. Yeah. And yeah. I, it, through unpacking a lot of my, <laughs> my deconstruction in the last two years, I realized that I never believed any of this from the very beginning. I just learned how to be the world's best imposter. Oh. Um, I didn't agree. I didn't, even at a young age, I'm like, I don't understand it. Like my parents are still doing X, Y, and Z. And yet I go and do something and I get in trouble for it. Or literally all I'm meant to do is just sit here and be silent, especially as a girl. I have to be right. submissive. I have to be compliant. Um, I can't have my own thoughts. I can't ask questions. I have to be in the purity modesty culture, which means I have to wear the ugliest Ugh. clothing. Um, mm. Men were bad. In my opinion, women were worse. Um, the outside world held like no good for me. Trust no one. Right. but trust everyone in the cult. Yeah, of course, you know. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so you're just like and then if you go if you break yeah. any of those things, you're disciplined immediately. Mm -hmm. Um and so you're just like, okay, I'm oh. just going to exist. I mean, I really I feel it now that I know back then that that's kind of just an, a subconscious choice that my body and my mind made um to just exist in this space and go along with it, just ride the wave. Because then yeah. you won't get spanked and you won't get harmed. And, you know, I don't know, maybe you'll sort of survive through this to marry a guy who hopefully won't be quite the same. But mm, that was also my shit. future. I would, my parents were going to make sure that I married someone who believed the exact same things. So I, w I yeah. knew for my whole life I would never escape. It was so bleak. Mm. <sighs> yeah, so that How was the start. <laughs> How old were you when they first began, you know, making their way into this cult eight about eight. oh my okay. gosh yeah so it's not like you were very very little either so you had more of a i had a kind of i mean i had been to public months. school for a few years okay. up until about the third grade my parents actually pulled me out in the third grade so i was probably around eight or nine and you know, um homeschooling, right? mm -hmm, straight into homeschooling and i was oh, i was oof. i'm a doris and so i'm very like follow the rules, follow the laws, da, 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 da. Mm. And so like even getting into, I remember sitting in the basement where my mom had created this fake classroom <laughs> and my brother had only been to, I think up through the, the first grade. And then my baby brother had never gone to school. 
And so we're sitting there during this like first week and I'm just like, mom is just bombing it. Like she is not a teacher. She does not know what she's doing. Like that's literally what was going through my head. I'm like, we're supposed to, you know, pledge allegiance to the flag. We're supposed to do these things. We're supposed to blah, blah, blah. Um, And even the way that we were studying, it was just not the way school did it. But I, you know, again, what can you do? You can't speak out about it. You just have to be like, all right, cool. So um, one of the really horrible things about, um, the Advanced Training Institute, which is the homeschooling program, also created by Bill, which is a very easy transition from all of his seminars into, mm-hmm. hey, families, if you want even more, like if you want the extension pack to Christianity, we have it for you. You're going to take this on and you're going to you're going to homeschool your kids oh, in this God. like, you know, added pa- pack and you're going to do it for their whole life. So get ready for that. And uh, we have the curriculum. There's 54 booklets that we have based on Matthew five, the sermon on the Mount, it's Matthew five through seven. And um, there's 54 of them. And each booklet, you're gonna go through one booklet every six weeks. And they have categories in there and topics and stuff. And um, again, it's it's a lot, you can Google it. There are all the wisdom booklets have been um, scanned in and are actually online now. So okay. it's some amazing fodder to read. Oh, Very gosh. triggering for me. But my parents basically threw out regular um, education, just all of it out the window and fully believed Mm -hmm. that whatever these people were putting in these booklets, that this was the right path. There was no questioning it. So, you know, you don't have a traditional progression either of an education, like, you know, your progression of mathematics or science or things like that. It's just, it's random. It's all over the place. It's based on whatever the Bible verse says. And then they're just like cherry picking the things that they want to teach you from these Uh Bible verses. And that was our full education to quote graduation. But if you're a girl, you quote graduate when you get married. So you might be going through the wisdom booklets till you're 32 for all I know. Um, Yeah. And I'm like, I am not going to stay in this like school process for my entire life. Please God bring me a ministry that I may run off to (laughs) get away from this crap. Um, So that, that was literally my, my childhood and my teen years was, um, you know, being compliant, modest, getting this, you know, fake education, um, and realizing the whole time, every time we'd leave the house, we'd have to, you know, just do all of these kind of like quirky, weird things when we were out in public. And I was always incredibly self-conscious and aware that we were weird and people were staring at us or they would whisper about us. And when you're a kid and a teen like that, your Mm. self image is so important. And it's just literally getting slapped every second that you're out in public. So I was a lot happier just being at home. You know, right. so uh, you you said you you had to do weird like quirky things. Like, can you give us like an, an example? Sure. So, one of them obviously was clothing. You know, we mm-hmm. had to wear really long skirts. And mm-hmm. I mean, thankfully, like as we creeped into the '90s, the long skirts were sort of in. Yeah. But <laughs> we had to ruin it. You know, like you can't wear a spaghetti strap <laughs> denim dress. You have to wear a really weird shirt under it. You know, and you're just like, right. Okay. Okay, like I live in Texas and Florida during these Ooh. times, and it's it's just too hot for all that yes. stuff, and yet I am just like shrouded in clothing. Um, so as a girl, you know, it, you stand out, and then you know your hair just looks silly because no one was Ooh. wearing their hair like this, like kind of an 80s perm situation, oh. like feathered bangs and shit. It's like, no, oh, no. you stand. It's basically Michelle Duggar, y'all. You oh, literally just no. stand out there like Michelle Duggar. Yeah, you just look ridiculous. <sighs> 
And then my brothers, like the other uh, upping the ante, like my brothers would have to wear quote, like church clothes. So they're wearing, they, they weren't allowed to wear blue jeans. So they're wearing like khakis uh-huh. or Navy slacks, what? just like to go to Walmart. Yeah. It's yeah. Or, it's hard. Like you denim know, the devil, like, <laughs> yes, yes. Actually denim oh is a, is a, is a satanic a like fabric. Oh. Yeah. Like when you <laughs> well, think about rebellion, like even in the fifties, you know, denim, mm. denim is tied to in a, in a, kind of this uh, idea of rebellion and re- rebellious right. attitudes and so you don't know this mel I come on mean, so I mean, is lace denim is supposed to <laughs> girl. and satin is supposed to say uh, you know so. true, latex true. i mean go on say less. it's all it's all the, <laughs> it's all the devil's work it's it is i mean yeah. and that's why i praise the devil because you know he's Hallelujah. giving us all the good shit <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> He's a good time. He really thought about us when he created said things. Like he wants us to give us knowledge. He gives us denim and latex. Come on. Yeah. And together they're great as well. So quick question. Uh, You had mentioned that when you were, you know, growing up, you didn't really believe in it. Do you mean like you didn't really believe in the cult itself? Or do you mean that you didn't really believe in God? In God. Yeah. I I just did not have a feeling that he oh. gave a shit, you know, because if oh, he wow. did, the things that I was reading in the Bible were not happening in front of me. And I'm coming mm. from more of a child's mind too, right? So you're taking it pretty practically, um, yeah. word for word. If you're supposed to love your neighbor or you're not supposed to hurt people, then why am I getting hit? Mm, you know, um, and if I'm praying to God every night in tears saying, please make my dad more uh, please make him kind you know please help him to see that i'm only asking questions because i don't understand not because i'm trying to be a rebellious person or with the phrases would be flinged at you constantly like oh you have a rebellious Mm. spirit or blah 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 um so i feel like i i just knew instinctively that this wasn't if god was up there he was a motherfucker you know Mm. he only Mm -hmm. wanted to make my life miserable he wasn't interested in actually doing good things or or even helping me escape. So I I just yeah. had a hard time when you when that's your your baseline, it's hard to take in anything that's coming at you in the name of God. So any right. of Bill's stuff, all of his curriculum, I just was like, okay, you know, again, survival, just memorize it, smile, put on the right. face, talk the voice. I mean, my voice used to be really high and I was really uh, kind and very cheerful. And, um, you know, I would really hope that the Lord would really answer my prayers. Yeah. It just, it's uh, so strange. I mean, and my mom would actually get mad at me because my voice would be too low. Um, or that I would, yeah, that I would sound like I was, um, sullen. And I remember a few times where she was like, you just sound like you're always um, in like a rebellious space and you don't sound joyful for the Lord. And I realized that I had to augment my voice. Yeah. Not kidding. I also didn't smile a lot. And I'm like, well, of course not. Who's going to smile when they're oppressed this heavily. Right. Um, And so I would get called out because I just had like a frumpy face and um, I'm like, yeah, well, there's no joy here. (laughs) No, literally. (laughs) You know, exactly. Oh, Wow. It's just heavy. That yeah. is really. And that's my deeply. childhood. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Brainwashing. Toys through... were taken away. Oh. Um, there's a book called Turmoil in the Toy Box. I'm going through a series on TikTok right now about it. And oh. it was this like ridiculous dude who thought that he had no children. 
he he basically, in my opinion, just wanted to have a ministry in the 80s, like all of the other uh-huh. ministers that were out there, the Billy Grahams of the world. They just all yeah. want their ego and they want to be seen. Right. And so he was like, mm, devil toys, totally the place I'm going to land my my uh, my ministry here. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that this guy comes up with is absolutely ridiculous. But I remember my parents had this book. It lived in our home as well as his second edition. And um, all of our toys were taken from us. Like we could play with Legos, micro machines, like anything that was kind of like building blockish kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. Care Bear, Strawberry Shortcake, My Little Pony, Rainbow Bright, Star Wars, He-Man, all the things were out the window. Like all of our toys got stripped from us. Well, My Little Pony is satanic as fuck. I love I her. mean, everybody knows that. I, like <laughs> Furbies, on the other hand, they're from Satan himself. Like they look things, like Satan man. with fur. <laughs> Satan with fur. <laughs> You're right, yeah. scared the hell out of That's, me. No yes. thanks, Furby. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Holy shit. I think oh, there man. might actually be devils in the Furbies. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Just lost souls. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. Oh, well. shit. Yep. You know, I'm sure you've heard of the bite model. Yep, have I you? sure have. Okay. It's sure impactful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually went. Would you mind if I go ahead? No, no, no. You go ahead. I was gonna say, would you mind if I kind of read off, like, do it? What that is? Mm -hmm. You're cool with that? I love it. No, I love it. It's it's very important. Yeah, it's very interesting and it's very important. It provides some insight to those who might not realize they might be in a cult. Yeah. You know, but I mean, if you're in a cult, you probably you're not listening to the Burning In podcast. (laughs) You you never know. uh, You never know. You never know. They might wander. But at least, yep. you know, when you kind of look through that, it's like, holy shit, you know, the things that the, you know, the group I was in or whatever it was part of might have been a cult. So the BITE model start, stands for B-I-T, you know, B-I-T-E, Behavior Control, Information Control, Thought and Emotional Control, B-I-T-E. And it was um, written by Stephen Hassan. Mm-hmm. So the B behavior, you know, like you were saying, um, they start with your hairstyle, with your clothing, um, restricting your time and activities, mm-hmm. um, require you to seek permission for some decisions or for major decisions, um, instill dependence and obedience, definitely, mm-hmm. uh, modifying behavior with rewards and punishments, um, and then also restricting or controlling sexuality, dictating where and with whom you live, yeah. and depriving, well, I don't know about that one, but depriving you of seven to nine hours of sleep each night. I don't know if that's necessarily... It didn't happen in my childhood, but at a lot of the yeah. um, training centers, mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. went down, yes. Yeah, and this is really the model of mind control. It's not necessarily cult control but but it does definitely fit in (laughs) yeah it's insane well because that's what cults that's the goal of cults is to mind control everyone under them so yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah it's insane so the next one is information control has to do with withholding and distorting information forbidding communication with ex-members and critics so they, they create this us versus them situation, yeah. right? They're all like um, gaslighting, you know, hmm. doubting your own I memory. 100%. Using information, gaining confession sessions against you, yep. generating and using propaganda, 
compartmentalizing information. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, insider versus outsider, us versus them. Always. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And requiring you to report thoughts, feelings, and activities to superiors. Yep. 100%. You were, especially Talking as a child, scary. you were meant yeah. to, if, if you had an unpure, impure thought or an unclean thought, um, you, Ooh. they encouraged you to confess your sins to your parents. Um, really? yeah, like, let's say I had a crush on a boy at church. I would have to uh-huh. go and confess that to my parents. Did I? Hell no. Um, but <laughs> yeah. that, Holy but shit. like, there were times where my brothers would, like they would confess mm-hmm. something like, Oh, I, I, you know, I did this or I thought this and then they would get punished for it. And you're just like, wait, I, uh. <laughs> the whole point is to like help you restore them or help them figure out their life is in their teen years. And no, it, it always led to punishment. <sighs> you were just offering up yourself to get in trouble. Dude. Yeah. No one wants that. So then you this just don't speak. Fu- you live in your head. This is right. This is fucked up. <laughs> Ooh, why is this yeah. legal? Why is this and, happening? And still active today, right? Oh, it's well, it is active, but not nearly what it was um, when we were in it. Like we were, okay. we were within the program in the height of it. Like it's huge heyday, and it yeah. has continued yeah. to like disintegrate over time for many, many reasons. But there are still very strong followers, and even if it's not Bill Gothard's system specifically. Mm-hmm fundamentalism and christianity right now is fully in this space oh yeah mm-hmm. they live yep. in this yeah yeah so the next category is thought t thought control they teach you to internalize group doctrine as truth they instill black versus white us versus them good versus evil thinking yep. changing your identity possibly even your name mm-hmm. Interesting. How about using, uh, okay, teach thought stopping techniques to prevent critical thoughts and reality testing. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, this like this really triggers me off uh, Uh or triggers me. Let me say that again. (laughs) Don't want to say triggers me off. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Rango. Too serious. Um, This one really triggers me because the when you are not even allowed to think things Mm -hmm. and when you have been so controlled on such a macro level that you yourself self-police i can't even tell you how hard that is to unprogram it it is so it's to me that's one of the most insidious parts of this entire like the whole thought category that's the most insidious yeah. one because you're now just self-policing and no one has to worry about you because you will tell on yourself you will mm-hmm. um talk yourself down you know and yeah. and bad bad talk yourself um it, it's oh, i hate it it's so damaging because i've had a really hard time getting out of that mm. this is fucking disgusting yeah uh, using excessive meditation, singing, prayer, and chanting to block thoughts. Yep. Rejecting rational analysis, critical thinking, and constructive criticism. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I'm not, I, it was for a really long time, I wasn't even good at receiving constructive criticism because I thought mm. everything was an attack. Uh, huh. Everything. Even with the best intentioned, most loving people, I thought that they were attacking me simply because my brain was not open to understanding right. what constructive criticism was. Yeah. So unhealthy. And the last one is emotional control. Mm-hmm. E. Uh, instill irrational fears of questioning or leaving the group. Yep. Make you feel. What? 
oh, make you feel elitist or special. There's love bombing in parentheses. Mm-hmm. I've heard about love bombing. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Promote feelings of guilt, shame, and unworthiness. Yeah. That's a classic. Oh, right? yeah. So, love straight it. up. Yeah. <laughs> Elicit extreme emotional highs and lows. Label some emotions as evil, mm-hmm. worldly, sinful, or wrong. Yep. Teach emotion stopping techniques to prevent anger or homesickness. Mm-hmm. Threaten and harass your friends and family. Shun you if you disobey or disbelieve. We know that mm. for a fact from yeah. cults like Jehovah's, they do that a lot. Yeah. Uh, and teach you that there is no happiness or fulfillment outside of the group. Yep. Hmm. It is, it is incredible shit. how many boxes ATI and IBLP check off. Right. So many. It's, un- it's, it's like a script. Yes. Yeah, script. Yeah. Quite literally. And, you know, it's like, was this the intention going into it or did it become that? Or like how, I, I don't have the answers to those things. I always know? wonder that. Yeah. You know? Like did Bill wake up one morning in his teens saying, I'm going to create a cult because I want to be super rad. You know, like, I don't, I just, I just don't think that that's what happened. You know, I think he went to seminary school with the intention of just being like a really good pastor or something like that. And then we had this whole influx of all of these, you know, preachers and evangelists that are on television and, you know, selling out stadiums. And I really Mm -hmm. think that the ego just took control. And then he just had like really, really strict conservative ideas. And the funny thing is like, he, he came out with all of his, his information, his, all of his, what do you call it? Just like all of his um, materials, Mm -hmm. like his Mm -hmm. seminars and materials and all of this, but then it creates mini cults were created in each family. So there was this over, do you know what I mean? Like this oversight of like, oh, everybody just does this one thing. It's not true. Like there are families in ATI that did not discipline their children with corporal punishment. There were others that did. Like some were just like, well, I'm just going to ground them. Like, but they were more progressive. Do you know what I mean? Like it just, it depended on how that dad and mom worked and functioned, you know, and how, how they would perceive and carry it out for their children. So you'll find like a really crazy mix of, ATI kids like myself, where, you know, some of us are just a little more like skittish about stuff or resistant to things, or, you know what I mean? Just given on how our parents decided to then create their little mini cults at home and raise us in the system. Like, I'm very surprised that there, there's not like one, you know, like straight road and they're, they were allowed to kind of like branch out like that. There's just no oversight. And because mm. again, he's, he's yeah. just a booster pack to your Christianity. There's yeah. no follow yeah. up, you know, there's, yeah, yeah. Like that's how I see it. I feel like you don't like become a Christian and go, Oh my gosh, Bill Gothard. Like he's fringe. Not everybody knows who the hell he is. Sorry, right. Bill. Not everyone knows you. Um, <laughs> is, is, is he still Billy alive? Graham. He is. Yes. I have he heard is? that okay. he's still living. Um, so yeah, I've, you know, <laughs> if you ever want to talk, Bill, I'm available. Um, <laughs> but it, it, I feel like because of this desire of Christians to have this like amplified Christianity, they, they are the ones that he was able to attract. And then again, they can go out and do their own thing. This, this isn't a church. A lot of people get very confused and think that IBLP and ATI were churches. Mm. Not true. Like they would infiltrate churches. Like you might have a really, um, uh, 
conservative church and then a bunch of ATI families will flock to it because you're the most conservative, modest, et cetera. You know, you don't play rock music. You have one piano and voices, you know, for your songs and psalms and whatever. Um, But yeah, so there's just nobody kind of keeping a measure on this. Hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, Psalm one thirty seven nine is the best. It changed my life. Happy is he who dashes his infants against rocks. Mm. That, but it's context, Beth. <laughs> Duh. God. Thankfully, I wasn't bashed on rocks, but right. <laughs> but my poor little brain felt that it was. I mean, you're yeah, going through some say, serious like, gymnastics. Just... Yeah. God. Just... Well, see, the rocks represent. Uh, our sins. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. And then the head smashing is God's love, right? Clunk, like, clunk, yeah. clunk, clunk. <laughs> clunk. Fuck. Oh literally saying that just like took me back to uh, Game of Thrones. Oh my god. Oh I no. Do you remember when Tyrion is yes. telling the story about the, the yes. guy the kid that was just like, you know, kind of was like hitting mm-hmm. rocks and stuff? That's that's where yep. the punk came from. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Great show. Great I'm show. I'm so excited yeah. for the new one because they just announced I think it was uh, yeah. August twenty something. Oh, the prequel. Really? Oh, god, I can't wait. So yeah. I mean oh, wow. I the last two seasons were not that great. No, uh, they I weren't. Know. They jumped the shark. But, Yes. Well, they rushed them. They because rushed of them. Star like, Let's Wars. Let's get over you, with it. That's what, that's what happened. They were directing Star Wars, and they rushed through the last two seasons. It but needed the, the other thing is that they didn't it, have yes. the book yet. They didn't have the book. But but they were off. in talks with J.R.R. Martin. Yeah, but they have Martin. They literally yeah, have the brain alive. computer sitting right there. Uh, he knows right. the whole uh, story. Right. Yeah, true. Uh, I was but, uh, bitterly <laughs> disappointed because I'm a mad fan. Me yeah, too. I'm like, you guys did done did us dirty. And like, so bad. I was really expecting spoilers if you had fucking, you know, haven't seen it. Uh-huh. But like, Cersei, the way she died with what's his nuts with, his, with her know. brother, yeah. like, Jamie. really? Oh, J- Jamie, thank you. I um, know. Lannister. How yep. the fuck? All the whole scene. It was she's too a precious. It was and too like, precious. Even though was, oh. they were buried in a pile of rocks. Like, <laughs> Tyrion, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! God damn it! <laughs> but yeah, there's I, I have so many gripes with that. Anyway, Ugh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, would you mind telling us a little bit about those seminars? I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, the seminars are yeah. a really deep dive into brainwashing. Um, but mm. for you know, okay. for any Christian showing up, they're like, "Ooh, a deep dive into the Bible." And this guy, we don't know everything about him really, except that he went to seminary school and stuff, and he had a passion on fire for Christ. But you know, mm-hmm. that's enough mm-hmm. to go off of, right? So he knows everything. And so these are literally, he came up with seven non-optional principles. And those were the principles that he then used to branch out all of his information. I'm going to tell you, like, he's a great marketer. You got to give the guy that. Like, he knew how to create a system. He knew how to market it. And it, like, caught fire. Um, What do you call them, you said? Which one? The seven non-optional principles. Non-optional? Yes. They are not optional. You must follow them. Yes. They are non. Okay. Yeah. N O N, non optional. Don't ask me to, to name them all. I don't have them listed. Um, <laughs> I kind of like blacked out when I left um, 
all of this. I don't blame and you. so I'm there is parts of it where I'm like, I'm happy that I can't recall it. Um, I'm sure if I sat here and tried, you know, spent five minutes, I could probably name them all, but um, you can Google it. No problem. We also don't want to be like re-traumatizing. No, it's fine. I re-traumatize myself weekly, guys. Oh no. (laughs) With TikTok. (laughs) I do have to take like, I have to take huge like breaks of time because I'm like shaking in the Uh corner and like going, oh dear God, what am I doing to myself? Um, But I'm also doing it and and I appreciate you guys bringing me on your podcast too, because we just have to get more information out there because the problem is there just isn't enough information about how bad this guy is. Bill Gothard is an insidious snake that has just found an amazing way to brainwash and indoctrinate people. And without any uh, repercussions or regard for the harm that is getting created. I don't care if it came from some like innocent idea, you're Mm -hmm. fucking people's lives up and you're not listening to the fact that you have. So that's on you, you can go to the grave with that. Um, So I feel like with the seminars, they're only a week long. He has, (laughs) it's my favorite. Again, it's so simple, you guys. And this is his marketing genius, the basic seminar and the advanced seminar. Oh, damn. That's Ah. it. It's just the, that's it. Yeah. So they are week-long seminars and uh, you go in the evenings so everybody can work their daily jobs and then they can go in the evenings. And I think it's like a a two to four hour seminar. I'm going to guess probably four. Um, It's been a long time, guys. (laughs) But, um, and then they do like a full Saturday and stuff like that. So you'd go to the basic seminar, you would either be in a church or an auditorium, depending, like he was selling stadiums out um, back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I mean, full on. You pay to attend? Yes, you pay to attend. Of course, come on, he's not stupid. And and where was this? Throughout America, throughout America. Oh, throughout? All of the major cities, like Dallas, Atlanta, San Diego, blah, blah. Oh, heck yeah, yeah. Um, so he would go to the really big seminars, obviously the ones that are like sold out stadiums, but then other like smaller churches, let's say in like rural Texas, you know, they could pay to have the program, like the videotapes and the cassettes like sent to them, not videotapes, VHS. There you go. (laughs) They would like like, send down the VHS tapes and then probably one guy from headquarters who would do the prompter Mm -hmm. because he always had like a teleprompter and Mm -hmm. there's so much material. There's a, work a textbook and a workbook and so you're watching like everything that he's putting up on the teleprompter it's all like individual flip flips over of like this sentence and this fill in the blank and that fill in the blank and here's a diagram and every little flip flip is like adding to the diagram so you're very slowly marinating in this information you're watching it hearing it and writing it down so this is all like again pure bliss of marketing you know, he's, he's right. pulling yeah. you in so slowly. So you have the basic seminar and then months and months later, usually like six months later, the advanced seminar would roll into town and you would take the advanced one. Uh-huh. And if you were wow. adventurous, you'd have the men's seminars, which were uh. obviously only for the dudes <laughs> uh. <laughs> to learn how to control their families and their wives mm, and yeah. blah, 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 and be the heads of their homes. Control and your woman. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good luck oh, with yeah, that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, Jokes and- on you. Controlling is my kink. <laughs> <laughs> Back to that denim and latex. <laughs> right. <laughs> I bet Bill Gothard has a sex dungeon. hundred percent. hundred percent. Well, he likes to get pegged, here- and he wears a collar. <laughs> 
Oh yes, my gosh, that so. is not a vision I ever wanted to put inside of my brain. Rebuke this information. Oh, oh, no. He's like, <laughs> scrubbed. Need some oh, bleach, bleach in my brain. Oh god. Trump was right. We gotta inject bleach. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Yeah, my sex drive to come back, please. <laughs> yeah, just completely just dry. It's like, like fire from the fucking Sahara. Like, come on. So start a fire. I, I picture him like completely like latex Stop. in a gag bowl in a cage. I can't. Oh my god. As long as he's in the cage and he can't get out. Or I'm happy. Okay. We okay. just leave him there. Right. Well, yeah, he will be the there. one being dominated, of course. Yes. It's like, okay, I'll do the dominating. Thank the you. Bitch. There you well, go. <laughs> so I'm gonna fast track these seminars that. to where like families are taking these seminars. Then he, you know, for years and years, like my parents literally just kept regurgitating it. They would, they would, oh. they'd already been to the basic seminar, but they'd go again. And then as right. we got older, oh as kids, God. we would go too. And then it flipped the, not flipped, but let me start that over. So they would take these seminars, and then as we got older, us children would actually have breakout sessions, kind of like a children's church, you know, like when, mm-hmm. when the parents are in the seminar, we would then have children's seminars. And so my brother and I started actually teaching at those. So all of the kids would come in, and we'd have like 10 or 15 children, wow. and we would work on slowly teaching them stuff, like character qualities oh, that would fuck. mirror what the parents were learning so that they could all have fun little conversations on their drive home about how much better they were going to be as Christians. Um, oh, it was actually at one of those seminars, my brother and I started you know, getting pretty good at you know, doing these, and we were getting requested to do them um, in other cities. And so we actually went to Atlanta, um, him, my brother and I. And it was actually in the breakfast room where like all these teen, you know, these teen kids, again, (laughs) were so indoctrinated that people don't really have to worry about us too much because Mm -hmm. we aren't going to act out, you know, really. I mean, obviously there were people that were, (laughs) but I know for myself, there's no way. Like I was like, "Uh -uh, I'm going to be, I'm all, I was always very strict, follow all of the rules. Mm -hmm. And it was at the breakfast room that Bill actually walked in. And I, we all like probably just fell out of our chairs. I remember thinking, oh my God, it's Bill Gothard. You know, it's right. like, I don't know, just yep. seeing your supreme leader. Here he is. Right. Like, oh I didn't right. know he was staying at the Doubletree. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> but, but any rules. <laughs> and I'm just like, dang, that's him. And all of a sudden, like he's, you know, he's scanning the room and he goes and he sits down and all of a sudden we, he has a beeline view to me. And yeah. I like, or not beeline, you know what I mean? Just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, I don't know how it's like we're doing the beeline, but like, he has this, this, this like path to seeing me. And all of a sudden, everything that I was like, I don't believe this in my, inside myself and I'm not godly and I, but I'm going to pretend all of a sudden I'm like, he's looking at me. Oh my gosh, why is he looking at me? Oh, he, I literally thought like, he mm. must see the Lord in me. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Where it's like the you? ultimate brainwashing had activated. Um, oh, God. I was 17 or 18 years old. Okay. And yet I'm feeling, like, I always feel like in this space, this whole uh, time I'm about to talk about, I feel like I'm 15. My brain puts me at like a 15 year old maturity space. Because they'd been yeah. stifled and suffocated for so long. I don't have yeah. an adult um, understanding of the things that are presented and happening in front of me. Right. So Shit. he's looking at me and I'm just like, 
he keeps looking at me and I'm just like, oh my gosh, he must just see the glow of God. Like it's, it has worked. Like I, maybe this is the thing. Like I remember my brain just racing of all these ideas and he wasn't scanning the room anymore. He was just staring me down and his assistant walks over. He like whispers something. His assistant comes over and he's like, Hey, Bill would like to see you after the seminar tonight. (laughs) Just like, what? (laughs) And I'm thinking, wow. Yes. Amazing. Oh my gosh. What are my parents going to think? And my brother's like, Oh my gosh, Lindsay, this is so huge. This is so huge for you. And I'm like, I think so. I still don't really understand what's going on, but okay. And uh, later that night, um, I, you know, we go through the seminar and I go, I go to the front of the stage. It was a really big auditorium. It was like one of their basketball stadiums or something. So I go up to the Mm -hmm. stage and sure enough, his assistant was there and um, he walked up uh, as well. Bill walked up and he was so elated to see me like, well, Lindsay, he has this crazy, creepy cadence. Um, like, well, Lindsay, I'm so glad you're here. Let's go back to the office and we'll talk. And so we go up to this, what I began, Uh what I very quickly after this began to label as the creeper van. Um, it's pimped out for him. It's like this really weird, like old, just like, I think this is like old eighties maroon van with like the (laughs) extension pack on top, you know, where it has like that upper, like a sleeper thing up yeah, in the top of it good. but kind of like on napoleon dynamite <laughs> do you remember that orange van <laughs> i love that movie. <laughs> sort of like sorry. that weird <laughs> it has like that weird extender on the top right and uh, but there's no yeah. sleeper in it it's just you can actually stand up in it so it's like kind of cavernous oh. and then it has four captain seats that can swivel to face each other um so you have the f- hmm. two front seats and then the back four like face each other and yeah. we, we sit in there, he sits right across from me and within a few minutes, his foot starts to slide across to make contact with mine. And oh again, this is like, I have not been in Bill Gothard's presence until really this moment. And here he is like sliding his foot across and like trying to play like footsies. Let's see, yeah. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I'm so oh. confounded. What is oh. this? But I was like, okay, kind of, okay. Um, oh, and I just let it happen. You know, because what do I know? Like, I can't right. speak up. I don't understand that it's a type of assault I, or, you know, um, right. in any way. So we, we get into this office, whatever. I'm with the ladies, you know, and I'm helping them clean up stuff from dinner, whatever they're doing. And then he's like, well, Lindsay, come into my office. So I go into his office and he just starts asking, you know, a thousand questions about my family and my life and da, da, da. Um, and then he like, anyway, over the week, we, this is, this becomes the full occurrence. Like every night I go down to the stage, I meet up with the assistant. We go to the van, we get in the van, footsie, get to the, get to his office, sit down. Sometimes I'll just sit there and listen to him prattle on with stuff or write, you know, dictate letters to his assistant. Um, just kind of sitting there as though I don't exist. And then towards the end, he would bring up like, so are you a virgin? And they're just like, what? that's something oh. my dad would ask me. Like that's my, that's a dad question in my right. in my world at that moment um right, it wasn't right, even yeah. like a mom question i was like my dad would never what why would i don't <gasps> what's he asking and he's asking in front of his male assistant there's no other women in the room and i felt insanely vulnerable but also defiant like well yeah <laughs> yes i am yeah. you know like right. um i've stayed pure sir and then he um i was i was in i was not in courtship but there was a 35 year old guy again i'm 17 18 years old there's a 35 year old guy back at home that was really interested in entering into courtship with me. My parents weren't, I don't know, they were conflicted. My mom thought it was great. My dad was like, what the hell? Um, 
you know, part of me was like, well, thanks dad sort of for doing that, but it was still very heavily entertained. And so I told Bill, I was like, well, you know, I do have this guy back at home and he's kind of interested, but I'm like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, oh, you need to, you need to call him right now and, um, you know, turn him down and tell him that you have other years of single service for the Lord. And, you know, he's like, I think you should come to headquarters and work with me at headquarters. Let's call your parents right now at like 11 o'clock at night. And so he like, he picks up the phone, he calls my parents and I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? And I had already told my parents that I had met Bill, but I didn't think that it was going to become, you know, this bigger thing. And so here he is, like my dad's on the phone and he literally is like, well, hey, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so like Lindsay's parents just want to let you know that um I've been talking to her and I would love for her to come to headquarters what do you guys think and they're like sounds great <laughs> just like oh wait but like in a few months right and he was like no literally as soon as the seminar was over I got put in a car with three other girls that he met at the seminar all uh what? the other two were teenagers and the older one who was driving us she was in her 20s and we got in a car and we drove to Indianapolis from Atlanta and we oh took the God. counseling seminar, which was the, I had to take the counseling seminar in order to be allowed to work at headquarters. That was like some thing for him. Like I needed to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm whisked away. I have a suitcase of clothes. I don't know what is going to happen to me. I'm like, mom, please send me a box. You know, when I get to Chicago, which is where his ministry is based. And um, we go through this two week seminar. I will tell you, I was at the Indianapolis training center and even just those two weeks, that that training center to me is the most overbearing, terrifying place. And oh. I didn't see yeah, things happening, but I felt it. Like you yeah. can feel the oppression and just right. the misdeeds that are going on there. It was everyone is so downtrodden there, but walking around with big smiles. Um, oh. It hmm. is really I felt so shaken by it. Um, but yet still trying to hold on to like, well, this is the belief, right? Like, this is what we're supposed to do and I'm still surviving. And so I'm like, okay, at least I'm not going to stay here. You know, I'm going to go to Chicago. We'll see what that's like. And, uh, I get up to Chicago. I don't know anything. I don't know how to type. I don't know how to really answer phones articulately. I know nothing. I'm like 18. And, um, I have to go through this whole thing of like, (laughs) You know, like the little computer, like how to type and you're playing all these weird typing games, like you're 10. It's just, it was so belittling and weird. Um, But I'm like, well, this is all for the Lord. It's all for Bill's ministry. This is what, you know, my single years of service for the Lord. This is what my parents have trained me for. And now I have to, you know, answer the call. Um, But through this time of being at headquarters, Bill really enjoys bringing in broken birds. And that's how I always saw myself. Like, I didn't know my birth father. So he really like, he put his teeth into that where he's like, well, technically you're a bastard according to scripture and you need a father. I'm not kidding. (laughs) He's like, you need to have a father figure. And I'm like, I do my stepdad. I've called him dad since I was one. So like, even though I don't really get along with him and he's his own, you know, version of disaster that I, and abuse that I'm not okay with, at least, you know, I have a dad. But he was just like, oh, I'll be your father figure. And he just like, like really instituted that very quickly with me. And he was like, you know, I'll talk to your parents about blah and blah and we'll deal with da da da. And I'm like, okay, cool. If I don't have to deal with my parents, sweet. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm just like, you're maybe the lesser of the evils, I guess. At least I'm not getting spanked anymore. And I'll just, you know, I'll just stay here with your ministry. 
And very quickly in those first couple of weeks, some stuff was going on back home that was really emotionally uh, devastating for me. And uh, Bill just took it again, like, like a predator does. He just like, he jumped mm-hmm. on it and he decided that we were going to start praying together at night. So I would go up to his office at night and his assistant would be there uh, typing away, dictating, whatever. Cause you guys, you also have to remember for the listeners, like this was back in the nineties. <laughs> so like, you know, the guy doesn't write his own stuff. Like he's just, you know, spouting it out loud. And then his assistant's hurriedly like trying to type this all together. Um, so I always felt mm-hmm. safe. You know, I, ne- I never, I never thought that I needed to worry about safety, you know, because there was always the two guys. And, you know, again, I'm very comfortable with guys because I think just being raised that the, the safety and the authority structure was men, you know? Yeah, and so right. I never, I never questioned it when I was in rooms of men. Um, it was actually the women that I trusted the least because they were always the gossipy biddies that would get you in trouble. Oh, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am aware that they don't have an education. The men always seem to somehow like go to college or whatever, and then they come into the program. So there was always just like there was a heightened, um, you know, elevation to me of their mental capacities yeah. and stuff, which, again, is not true, but it's what I felt and, and relied on. So anyway, mm-hmm. very clo- quickly into my stay there, Bill, um, he would like dismiss his assistant and be like, oh, hey, you know, you, you can go now. And his assistant would hesitate, you know, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. why is he hesitating? <laughs> You know, and I, again, not feeling any concern for fear to be fearful or anything. And uh, he would kind of hesitate for a minute, like, well, I'm going to go. And he's all packed. He's like, so do you want me to walk you back to your house or whatever? Because we're on this really big property with a ton of houses and, and apartment complexes and stuff along with the buildings that wow. were the offices. And I was like, no, I'm OK. We're just going to pray with Mr. Gothard. And um, he's like, OK. And he just he would leave. And again, he's a student too. Oh. So there's a part of me that, that I have compassion in a way, like I can forgive that because yeah. he was also brainwashed yeah. in the system. He wasn't right. from the outside yeah. um, and also young. So anyway, Bill Bill was like, hey, come over to the couch. And I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking again, like, okay, we're just going to sit down and pray. Nope. He wanted to kneel. He wanted to kneel on his uh, <laughs> maroon velvet couch with the red oh, carpet God. in the room. It was so... <sighs> And, um, he wanted to hold my hand. So he was on my right side. Um, I'm on his left. We get down on our knees and he grabs my hand with his, so his left hand and my right hand. And I'm like, Oh, oh okay. <laughs> We've played footsie before, but we haven't done this. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, he's intent on praying for my family and you know my emotional state or whatever. And he starts like rubbing yeah. my hand with his thumb and just like caressing it while he's praying. And I literally could not think about that man's prayer for one second because I grew up in a purity and modesty culture where you don't touch people. Like quite literally, right. I kid mm. you not, you guys are going to die. There, we It would always kind of be touted out of like the six inch rule. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, if guys yeah. think six inches is all we need, seriously. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> Come on, really? But like six inches is nothing. It really, it should have been the COVID rule of six feet. You know, like if you don't want anyone tiddlywinking anybody, then maybe six feet is better. Um, But anyway, so here he is like caressing my hand and whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, what what is going on? Like, oh. And then all of a sudden he like, he presses his thigh against mine. And I'm like, no, okay. I'm I'm on sensory overload because again, I don't, I'm not touched by humans right. and so i'm like well, again yeah. this man's thigh is against me and then his arm his like his uh, uh upper arm and shoulder lean into me and then all of a sudden he 
he taps his head. He like nuzzles his head against mine, like all cutesy and sweet. And he's like, it's your turn. And I'm just like, I'm literally what? so innocent going, am I, do I need to caress your hand now? Like, cause I, all I can think about is the physicality of stuff. And I'm like, what right. is, how do I mm-hmm. reciprocate or what is this? What does he expect out of me? And I don't have any training for this. I don't know what I'm doing. And then I was like, oh, you idiot. He, he just wants you to pray. <laughs> and I was like, I can't even think right now. This is too much. Um, wow. So I sort of start praying. And again, he's like caressing and uh so anyway thank goodness it didn't last too much longer than that and that's all that happened but it literally became a ritual this was two to three nights a week for at least two years that i was there um yeah and so you know at first you're just like okay he's just kind of quirky about it and he's really supplicating with the lord here um and just over time it just wore on me where i'm like this is this is ridiculous and why does he need this from me and so I would try to you know oh, I'm sorry I'm busy with this I have this work project now and I'm over overwhelmed and I can't make it for prayer <laughs> um, so you know it, it's terrible to say but at the time when he would bring another broken bird from another seminar I was so glad I was uh, so yeah. relieved because now he his attention was not on me yeah. and he would right. spend a couple of months and if they, you know, they were too rebellious or they asked too many questions or they weren't compliant or who knows what, what, you know, when he tried to do these kinds of things, uh-huh. um, he would default back to me like, Hey, Lindsay, he'd catch me at lunch. Hey, come up tonight for prayer. And I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to. So um, how long were you in this? Three years. You know? I was oh, there. you lived there for three yep. years? Mm-hmm. And honestly, he oh, was the lesser God. of the two evils. I always saw it that way. I was like, I would rather be here where I feel like I'm at least doing something, you know, because I worked uh-huh. I worked an office job. I worked in the homeschooling mm-hmm. department, which is really quite awful because mm-hmm. I, the reason he wanted me to go to the counseling seminar is because he wanted me to counsel families. So moms oh, would call in and be like, I don't know what to do. My son ran away, but he came back home and we're just trying to figure out how to deal with his rebellious spirit. Can you please help uh-huh. me? And like us students were seen yeah. as like, you know, the shiny people on the hill. And they were, they, they weren't like, how old are you? What's your background? Do you have any experience in therapy right. and giving us counseling? I'm like, nope, I'm 18 years old, fresh off the boat. <laughs> Oh, good luck shit. and I, I had tabs all over my bible I had all the resources from Bill of like the things to say all the taglines all the stuff to try to like you know assuage their concerns I didn't mm-hmm. know what the hell I was doing ever wow. and yet I was perpetuating this entire thing you know it's quite sickening yeah. so how did you get out of it I kissed a boy and I liked it Ooh. Well, there you go. Yeah. That'll do it. That'll do there it. was a guy. And of course, this is going to happen. And it happened so much at headquarters because you've got young people coming together right. who right. have been kept in barrels for their entire lives. Yeah. And now they don't have parental yeah. authorities looming over mm. them in their homes. So, right. mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people met at headquarters and got married. Um, also at the training centers, it happened all the time. And it started to really make Bill irate. Um, I think partly because he was losing mm. all of his little broken birds that he loved so much, but, right. um, you know, and he wanted his ministry to thrive. So no, 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 you have more single years of service for the Lord. That was an excuse to just keep mm. us all compliant. It wasn't, it wasn't an actual gotcha. goal for our lives. My dad would tout it too. Like, you don't need to get married right now. It's free labor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the great thing at headquarters is I actually got paid 
I think it was like 550 oh. an hour oh. um, oh. back in the 90s. But um, right. the training centers, not so much. Like most people, uh, that was volunteer or you would pay oh. to play. You would pay to go there. Oh. Your parents would save up money and send you send you there to work for Bill. Yeah. So I met a really cute guy and um, very quickly realized I I liked him like lots liked him. Mm. And we got into a situation. I like, 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 liked him, you know? Oh my God. Tell me more. Tell me more. It's cute. It's blue eyes and it's dark hair. I'm getting good news. You guys guess how to trash. He was a computer nerd. Um, (laughs) And I just couldn't help myself. So I was the one that actually kind of mm. instigated the um, the place <laughs> where we ended oh. up kissing. Um, oh, I didn't know shit. that we would actually kiss at the time, but I was like, I really like this guy. I really like him. I just want to be alone mm. with him for a minute, you know? And right. uh, so, yeah, we we snuck a hot kiss and um, we realized very quickly <laughs> that we were like, this is stupid stupid like that was great <laughs> but we are dumb like right. this is not the place to be pulling this shit you know i mean yeah. it's gonna get us sent home it's gonna like right. tear our families apart like it'll we'll just be completely disgraced and so we both had phones um in our homes i had just my own individual phone he also had his own individual phone line and so at night we would talk all, like uh-huh. tons for hours at night but um after nice. this kiss thing we we called each other when we got home and we were just like dude seriously like we can't i was so freaked out i'm like again oh. great kiss he's got the greatest lips uh-huh. but i was like we, I can't, we can't <laughs> we can't do this like i if again i was terrified i'm like if bill finds out we are so fucked um, and yeah. so Bill found out <laughs> because of course, of for course. whatever reason, it was like all of a sudden, like, I don't know how, but his phone became like, a another guy in another room in the house picked up a phone and heard the conversation. Oh, no. And so when Fuck. we hung up, he confronted my husband, well, soon to be husband, but, uh, spoiler, <laughs> but he, uh, <laughs> yeah, so he confronted him. I was just like, hey, I heard this conversation between you and Lindsay, and I'm going to give you until tomorrow. Like, you have to go and tell tell Bill what you did, what you two oh, did. No. And I was like, oh, for the love of everything. Of course, the yeah. moment I have something that is enjoyable and fabulous, something it's like, on it. Yeah. Right. So I was like, alrighty, cool. So he went to Bill. I went to HR. And it sucked, too, for me because the guy in charge of HR I knew their family from when I was a younger teenager because his he used to be in the military and he and my dad were stationed on the same Air Force base. So I wasn't just going to like some guy I knew for two years. I was going to someone who knew me when I was a lot younger and knew our family. And I'm basically having to expose like my wrongdoings and my immorality because kissing might as well be fucking is literally, I was so destroyed. I was like, these people are acting like we got, we stripped our clothes off and we ran onto the front of the property near the sign of IBLP and we just exposed ourselves to the world. Like it was just that intense for them. And I'm like, we kissed each other. You guys are being so ridiculous. My husband was, was sent home. Um, I think within a day like 24 to 48 hours what? he and his brother both were sent home yeah oh. or he he went home but i think his brother was just like I'm, I'm not staying here without him like this is ridiculous so they went home right. i remained there for about a month and then um of course like you know everybody kind of hears the rumors like oh why are mm. they gone why are the guys gone and it always uh-huh. kind of happened that way too at headquarters where the boys would be sent home but the girls would remain and we know why because mm. bill didn't want to let them go right um and it, uh, about a month in bill came to me and he was just like so Lindsay, 
The board really um, is having a hard time with what happened between you and your, you know, guy. And he was just like, I can't keep you here any longer. Like, they want you gone. So our plan is to send you to Oklahoma City, to the Oklahoma City Training Center. There's a hierarchy within this whole organization. Headquarters is the top. Like you've, you've reached wow. the top. And so yeah. any of the training so centers demoted, are demotions. Kinda. 100%. Yeah. I was demoted with the scarlet uh-huh. letter on my, on my chest oh, no. um, and sent uh-huh. down to this training center because Bill couldn't talk the, um, the board into keeping me up there. But with all the wow. promises that if I went down there for several months that I could, you know, be reinstated and uh, healed and brought mm. back. And so I, I held on to that. I was like, okay, because still, this is all lesser, the lesser evil than home. And uh, down I went. And I basically, my first conversation with uh, Tim Lewandowski, who apparently right now is now over headquarters because Bill is no longer. Um, he sat down with me and basically told me that I needed to look at this as though I had been playing in the major leagues and so, you know, some things kind of went wrong and I got a little rusty. And so I got sent to the minor leagues to learn my lessons. And if I play the games wow. well, then I can be sent back to the major leagues. Oh, jeez. I'm like, first of all, I don't understand sports. I was homeschooled right. and I don't have a freaking <laughs> TV, you weirdo. But thanks for that. <laughs> Thank goodness I have brothers. <laughs> right. Idiot. Like, yeah, that, that totally resonated with me, Lewandowski. Thanks. That's crazy. So how long were you in, in Oklahoma? Four to five months. And it was, okay. it felt longer than when I, my three years at headquarters. Um, I was ostracized. Wow. I was literally, the scarlet letter was on me and people did not want to be my friend. They didn't want to talk to me. I didn't understand it because I was Aww. just like, all I did was kiss a dude. Like, what is the problem? Yeah. And then I found out yeah. later from my roommate who again i knew previously because we were stationed at a base in texas and this was another girl that we knew um so she knew me from my Uh younger years and uh one night i was crying i was like i don't understand i just i'm really trying i'm trying to like do all the things that i can to like you know uh, i don't know acquiesce to everybody and make everybody happy and please them and um she's like well what really happened at headquarters and so i told her and she's like wait what happened and explained it again and she's like Oh, that is not what uh, I was told. And I was like, oh my God, what were you told? They were told that whoa. I had slept with people. Yeah, that I had slept whoa. with someone. Oh like the full on ultimate naughty no no impurity culture. I had slept with somebody. Right. And I was like, no, I just kissed a dude. Gosh, you guys, I mean, I mean at, this is. Oh, I was going to say, like, at this rate, you might as well have fucked them. Because if, yes. if and gotten the joy the out of it at least. Exactly. <laughs> like, go yeah. big or go home. You know, shit. <laughs> exactly. Can't be treated equally like that. Unreal. Oh, and so <laughs> well. I like, yeah. I mean, I really felt like that. I was like, why in the world? You know, again, but here's the here's the yeah. even crazier thing is I didn't understand what sex was either. I had no sex drive. I had no uh-huh. understanding of any of that. Like, right. sure, a kiss kind of awakened yeah. something, but it wasn't like I knew what any of the quote stirrings were. I was just right. like, oh, that right. really I like I liked that. But I had my brain was not uh-huh. connected to like the bottom half of my body at all gotcha um so you know i'm i used the conversation i remember telling my mom one time i'm like we might as well have just had sex on the front lawn the way they're treating me (laughs) but i don't know what i'm saying i just know that that's the worst ultimate thing that could be done like that's the worst action yeah um but yeah i ended up having to and i hated it but i ended up having to plead and plead and plead with my dad like please let me come home please and i had to get into a full-on imposter fakery situation to really, I was memorizing books of scripture. 
um, because they were demanding that of me. And I finally had to give a testimony at the end of my time there. And I just, I put it on so thick. I was just like, I have changed. I have done this. The Lord has convicted me and da, da, da. Like I used all the buzzwords, all the key phrases. Um, And thankfully my dad finally like uh, let me come home and I packed everything. I was like, I am never coming back here. If I'm involved in in this ministry in any way, it will be at headquarters or bust. I'm not doing this. Uh You are so, you are stripped of everything at a training center. You have no way out. My phone calls were listened to, so I couldn't like really be honest to my parents. Um, I ended up, yeah, I ended up getting IBS while I was there. Like, or I would say it flared, it reared its head. Um, while I was there because I, the stress that my younger, I mean, I think it was 21 at the time at this point, but like the stress that my brain and my body were under, because I had learned to internalize everything and show nothing on the surface, the hurt that Uh was just churning within me was destroying me. And no one, I was, thank you. I, I was literally told at one point that I needed to go to my room because I was, the IBS just like got to the point where I felt so ill and the cramping was so bad, uh-huh. I couldn't really stand up. And they were yeah. just like, well, you need to go to your room and pray to the Lord because these types of ailments are because you haven't confessed enough of your sins. Like you haven't fully repented. Oh, and I like my journal, like my, I'm like double, uh, I'm writing two lines per line in my journal. Like my, my handwriting got so tiny. And I realized later through deconstruction that I was diminishing myself in every way possible. I was just, Whoa. I was just reducing to the smallest inth of myself. Yeah. Holy shit. It was heavy. So heavy. I hate So then how do you place. end up uh, leaving the whole thing? So I, I, I got my dad, yeah, I got my dad to let me come home and literally within a couple of months, my soon to be uh-huh. husband, but at the time wasn't sure it would be. Um, he mm-hmm. actually uh-huh. reached out to my father per courtship rules and asked for permission to start courting me. Yeah. Like, even though we had not talked to each other in months because we were fully separated, he was back in New York. I was in Oklahoma. I didn't have access to stuff. And he started writing my dad and was like, you know, again, laid on all the thick. I have, I have all the letters between him and my dad and it is fascinating. Um, Now we read them now, 20 years later, we're just like, holy shit. Like we knew (laughs) how to manipulate this system. Um, but yeah. my dad said, no, there were, there were big fights about that. His parents kind of got involved of like trying, like his dad talked to my dad and tried to be like, like, look, he really loves her. Da, 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 da. Um, so within about four months, we started courting, um, on my birthday, he asked me if I would marry him. Um, oh. and oh. yeah, and I was just kind of like, again, so naive and innocent, but I'm like, yes, yes. Like I really, I know we've only had this one kiss, escape, but right? I know that you're like, you're legit. Like he wasn't, he wasn't someone that seemed to follow the system to the letter of the law, like our parents and our fathers were. And Mm -hmm. so I started having conversations with him when we started courting about like, I don't want to have kids for the first five years. I'm not wearing skirts for the rest of my life. I don't know if I want to go to church Mm -hmm. every Sunday. Are you okay with that? Because I was, I was so fed up and he was like, yeah, I'm good with that. Like, let's, let's do it. And I'm like, all right, but you're not going to change, nice. are you? Like, you're not trying to like, zzz, like pull me in. And then you're going to be this abusive, crazy person that <laughs> right. all people seem to become. 
And he was like, I, yeah. you know, I'll do my best, you know, and I was like, I had to take a chance. Like to me, that's where faith was. Holy my shit. faith was in the fact that I could trust him to be what wow. I needed and just hope mm -hmm. that I could be something for him when I didn't even know what that would be. You know, that's amazing. Yeah, we yeah. got married. And literally the crazy thing about all of this is you're living in such a confined barrel of, of space and time. <laughs> and then all of a sudden <laughs> uh -huh. you're just unleashed. Like literally the moment you are married, your parents are like, well, our job is done. Oh, and you just, you're just wow. in the world and you have to figure it out for yourself. Making your way at 22 years old going, what the fuck am I doing? Um, How long have you been married now? 22 years this year. 22. Holy <laughs> shit. What, yeah. What's the secret? What's, what's the big secret? Uh, kissing a guy in a cult. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I really don't. I think, I think we yeah. both just realized that we were each other's saviors. Like we, mm. we both didn't mm. want to be in this. We didn't agree with it. We didn't like it, but we didn't have, I don't think we had enough articulation to truly understand all of the nuances of what it was that we were so adverse to. Mm -hmm. We just right. didn't want to be oppressed anymore and follow something that didn't feel right. And, right. um, gotcha. you know, look, it's, it's not been all rainbows and sunshine, but I mean, no, even now I'm sure we have like, you know, I'm sure there's so much damage that we could unpack, but we've always been there for each other. Um, you know, and even the kid awesome. thing, you know, I realized in five years, like we, I promised we would have a discussion like, okay, in five years, we'll talk about kids. And mm -hmm. we hit the five-year mark. And I remember sitting at dinner and I was like, can we go another five years? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just, I'm 22 and now I'm 27. Like, I'm not like, what? Like, mm -hmm. I'm not ready for kids. I want to continue to have a life. And um, yes. not, that, not that you can't yes. with kids, but I just, for the way that I was raised, mm -hmm. I knew that if I had yeah. a child, I was very scared, honestly, not so much of the child itself. I was afraid of what I might fall back into. I was so scared right. that I wouldn't know anything else and that I would be afraid to put them in yeah. school because I wouldn't be able to handle a school child because I yeah. don't know. And I was very afraid of that. And I didn't want to fuck them up because I was so fucked up and I was afraid that I would spank them because that's exactly. what I learned. And I was just, I didn't, yeah. I also didn't want to go to therapy because therapy was bad. All the secular stuff was bad. And so I, for many, many years, I just kept on rejecting anything you know, that just felt like I don't know what to do with it, but I also don't know how to deal with it and dissect it. So quite literally, you guys, 20 years have gone by where I've just been like, Bible, wow. what church, what, who, the, the, the modesty, this, blah, blah. I've just completely ignored it um, until yeah. the pandemic. And I read those crazy little journals during the pandemic. Mm. It was like, the fuck is this little girl talking about? Oh, no. Like it was, yeah, it was very scary to me to read a book that I didn't really remember writing. However, as I read it, I realized that uh -huh. I had, I had like the decoder ring to the book and right. I knew what this wow. little girl was saying in between the lines that she could never say out loud. And that shook me to my wow. core. And I was just like, okay, I need to really unpack this. And I, that's where I found the bite model and was just like, this is a fucking cult. Mm -hmm. I need to call Holy it for shit. what it is. Got on TikTok, right. started to expose it, share it. <laughs> It's terrifying, but I also was just like, yeah. I can't anymore. He cannot have any more power. And I want yes. anyone else who just Googles Bill Gothard hashtag, you know, on TikTok to find my yeah. videos and feel like they can reach out and talk to me and ask me questions and hopefully save them. That's amazing. Yes. So you 
technically started deconstructing only a couple of yeah, years like ago. Yeah, like two. Mm-hmm. Holy wow. shit. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot that can still really get oh, me worked sure. up uh, and crazy, you know, but sure, I yeah. feel like we boldly go where we've never gone before. Right. <laughs> yeah. What about your husband? Where is he at? He, the he, pro- I would probably say that he's done the same thing that I have where we've just, we've just shunned it, okay. if you will. Right. Okay. We've just pushed okay. it away. Uh-huh. We don't deal with it. Um, uh-huh. and even in me going through this process, he's very supportive of me doing it. Um, but he's not really involved and I'm so okay with that uh-huh. because again, yeah. we love each other so much and it's like, he doesn't really have to <laughs> do all the things that I'm doing yeah. because right. also for men, it was very different than it is for women. Not that they weren't also oppressed, oh, but sure. they are the hierarchy. They are the patriarchy. They are, you know, the, yeah. you know, the authorities in, in all of the existence of everything. And so um, yeah. he had a very different experience and a different family. You know, he, he was not disciplined in the same way that I was. Again, that's just the, the nuances of how every family takes the information and how they carry it out in their own families. Mine was a very abusive family. His was not so much, like maybe more on the emotional scale or thoughts or something, mm-hmm. but not, not in the actual physical space. Yeah. yeah. So different levels of trauma, right. different experiences. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, thank you That's, for letting me share. That must have been a lot. Yeah. No, I feel like it's a really whirlwind squashing that. it into an hour, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting pretty good at it, I no, think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I hope you didn't feel rushed. Either. No, not at yeah. all. Not at all. Well, hopefully we didn't, like, um, re-trigger you somehow. And No, yes. girl. Like I said, I'm re-triggered every week. <laughs> every time I'm on TikTok, I'm like, woo okay, I need to go shake that oh, off and get a glass God. of wine. Um <laughs> Um, are, are you in therapy at all? Is, is it I helping? am. And you know, what's really such a beautiful blessing is that, um, my therapist actually found me through TikTok and, hey, okay. um, what? yeah, no joke. The most beautiful what thing the- and not something that I anticipated either, you know, right. like just a beautiful, actually surprising Christian woman. And I was like, Nope, I'm triggered by all this. You're a woman, you're a Christian. Nope. And, um, then I was like, Lindsay, you're being really stupid right now. Like you're not giving the universe the chance that it's bringing to your doorstep and you need to walk through this door right now and just see what it's about. And so we actually, um, we do EMDR sessions and it is heavy, but I Mm. love it so much because I don't want to sit and talk therapy for the next five years. Like right. clockwork orange this shit right out of my brain and let me get on with the rest <laughs> of my life. <laughs> right. Um, and if there EMDR is very scary to a lot of people because it puts you in in the vein of like the entire feelings and and everything, but you're in a safe space to do it and reprocess these memories into something that is a lot more understood, clear, and reframing it yep. for yourself. And so I you're really reprogramming your brain yes, literally. Yes. And it is yeah. a lot of sensory. Yeah. I cry a lot after words some of these sessions mm-hmm. or I can't breathe like I feel like I'm going through a full panic attack but it, right. it is amazing how I've been doing it for eight months and it's really incredible to me to see how even my body is starting to very slowly shift um, because it learned all oh, of the wow. wrong ways like my panic doesn't happen in my brain it happens in my gut immediately and then it just becomes yeah. this bad trigger and I attribute all of Bill's stuff to to having reprogrammed my body to take on the impact yeah, right. in the wrong way. Yeah. Right. It's really bad. Yeah. So for those who don't know, uh, EMDR stands for, I said, eye movement, desensitization. Oh, fuck. Desensitization. Fuck yeah. <laughs> desensitization. Uh, what's the R? 
Oh my god. <laughs> reprogramming? I for, I, yeah. Uh, reprocessing. Reprocessing. There it's you go. Station reprocessing. Yeah. And yeah, it, it basically uh, is a way of, it's a therapeutic way of reprogramming your brain, the way that you process trauma mm. and the way that you deal with those, you know, symptoms and distress. It's amazing, I hear. Um, yeah. We interviewed uh, our friend, uh, she goes by Die Daily Heathen. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Mez, and she talked about this as well. And same thing with the processing trauma through your body. Um, yeah, pretty much the same thing that you just said. Pretty interesting. It is. I, I see it as though, you know, like, um, you know, in the Matrix, when they have that, like, yeah, loading yeah. program, and mm, there's yeah. uh, Keanu is standing there, um, and all yeah. of a sudden it's a white room, and then all the gun racks come flying in on the left and the right. Yes. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like that's how my brain, my brain goes, Foof, and instead of gun racks, it's, it's like library books. It's these bookshelves. And so mm-hmm. on the right side is all of the horrible, terrible things. And in EMDR, I'm taking one of the books and I'm opening it up and I'm, I'm experiencing the memory. And in that experience, I'm telling myself, you're safe here. You're okay. These are the things that were wrong. Don't know where the adults were in the room. Okay, accept that. I'm going to yep. close this now because this memory can't harm me or haunt me. And I'm going to put it on the new shelf on the left. And oh, wow. the, the bookshelf is just, it's starting to populate. I get goosebumps. The bookshelf is starting to populate a lot of new books um, because I'm rewriting them. And some of them are quite literally pop-up books. You know, where like I have rage whenever yeah. I, I look at Bill when I was in his office, I literally have a box that sits behind me in my my EMDR memory. And at first I was really mm-hmm. scared of it because I didn't know what why the box was shaking. It was like the Muppet animal was in there, just like oh, no. um, and I was like, I was creeped out, I was hyperventilating, I'm like, I don't know what is what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And through a couple of other sessions later, we realized that it was me angry in the box. And my anger oh, was just like unraveling in there. And I was so scared of my own power, of my own anger, because it had been stifled since I was eight years old. You, uh, anger is one of the emotions that is not allowed. And so you police yourself right. to never be angry. And here it gotcha. is in full yeah. force. And I realized as scary as that was and how much it scared me that I was that angry, I also acknowledged and said, you belong here. This anger belongs in this room. It is the right emotion to have. And so in my pop-up book, (laughs) even with the book closed, it rattles because that anger box Mm. will always be there and it is right for it to live in that space. And and so instead of it embodying my entire physical body, I know I'm like, you have a little box in a pop-up book somewhere and that's where that anger can live. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, you were never allowed to feel those those emotions yeah. and, and, and really express your your feelings. Yeah, and, and get them feelings. out. Yeah, we're not supposed to hide yeah. these. We're not supposed to hold these things in ourselves. It's so toxic yeah. physically. That's what religion does to you. Mm-hmm. It it represses your human nature. Yeah. So I have one last question for sure. you. Yeah. Um, what would be your advice for people newly deconstructing from their faith? Wow. I, I think like, I mean, feel like if you're, if you're actually in the process of deconstructing, I would mm-hmm. say, keep doing it, you know, as yeah. scary as it can be. Cause I know even just therapy in general can be very triggering and it brings up a lot of new stuff or old stuff. And then you're kind yeah. of like re-traumatized in it. Right. Mm-hmm. I would say like, it's hard to do this. And, and again, I lived eight months doing this. Mm-hmm. Allow yourself to live in it. Um, allow it mm-hmm. to come up 
and, and allow yourself to be washed over with these feelings. Don't go through therapy, still trying to shove it somewhere, allow it to come out. Don't be embarrassed to scream in front of your therapist. Don't be embarrassed to cry to where you can't breathe or just to be angry the next day and live in the anger or live in the hurt. Don't suppress it because that's what we were taught. And then it, 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 everything is cyclical. The good stuff is cyclical. The bad stuff is cyclical. And within a day or two, it dissipates and you start, you know, the the clouds part and you start to feel a little bit better. And every single experience with this, I mean, I have anxiety every time before I sit down for my session, even though I know it's going to be the best Mm -hmm. thing for me, it's also the worst thing to go through. Um, you know, hopefully also in your deconstruction, I hope that you have people around you that you can talk to. You know, I have two really amazing friends who aren't really not Christians and they, they let me talk even if it doesn't make sense to them. Um, so hopefully you can also find like that one or two persons that you can rely on to also help you through the experience because doing it alone is also very Christian and isolating and you need to start sharing it with other people. I think it helps me a lot to get on TikTok, quite frankly. Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. The community yeah. is amazing. Yeah, 100%. Yep. Yes. And we have recoveredfromreligion.org. You know, we always want to recommend that mm-hmm. website. We heard really good things about it. Uh where you can find the secular therapy project uh where you can find, you know, therapists who are not necessarily um in the religion, yeah. you know, or giving you advice from the religion's lens right uh this was the secular therapy project and they have you know support groups and stuff like that for those who are deconstructing and i think it's fantastic uh, i want to say again thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you for sharing all of this yes, um thank you with us holy shit that was <laughs> that was quite a bit do you feel like you were uh, like on a roller coaster just white knuckled the whole time <laughs> dude <laughs> so interesting well, it's and heavy it's, like, it's a lot it's, it, it makes me really angry it, yeah you know? it makes me so sad I'm, like i'm gonna be yeah. angry and sad for the rest of the yeah. day oh so. i'm so sorry it's, <laughs> no, no, it's not your fault it's bill gothard's it, it just, fault it is it is that man's <laughs> fault seriously bill gothard be damned. But i'm just gonna continue to picture him in laces <laughs> and with a gag ball in that basement <laughs> but also like, with a sad face painted on his face he's not getting any pleasure because no. the, 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 the the password or the safe word is <laughs> he also it's not there the safe word, first of all is a word he would never utter and then there's also yeah. just not the 52 gallons of lube you know that mel has in her <laughs> possession <laughs> listen i'm going in raw the first couple times he doesn't get lube okay <laughs> oh, I'm raw his ass. <laughs> it's a good thing there's bars for to hold on to <laughs> Bite the pillow. I'm going in dry, baby. Oh, See, I already feel better about that. Okay, good. We needed to. We needed to lighten it up. Can I also tell you really quick? The funny. What I think is so comical is that yeah. the industry. What I chose to do when I left all of this, I chose to get into the uh-huh. beauty fashion industry. So I'm a makeup nice. artist and a hairstylist for photo shoots, editorials, um, you know, film, whatever. That's fucking cool. And it was also the world of the hardest knocks because I'm coming in from, I'm coming into this hot and heavy from uh-huh. purity culture. Right. So it's like, yeah. I, and I yeah, don't yeah, know yeah. references and I have nothing. I'm coming in with like already on fumes. I'm empty. And right. so uh-huh. I had to literally go through another world of crazy hard knocks and internalizing things and whatever. And yet I also attribute it to giving me the um, empowerment and realizing that there are so uh-huh. many different people in this world. Like my bestest friends are 
beautiful gay humans. And I am telling you, it makes me weep every time I think about the thought that they might not have ever been in my life because I would have completely yeah. shunned them. And I, yeah. so it, it was like a fast track to opening me up to immodesty and, you know, mm. gosh, yeah. do I love it. And, you know, I'm yes. here, I am like rubbing <laughs> down guys' bodies and stuff. And meanwhile, my mother-in-law is like, um, do you have to touch them? And I'm like, yes, unfortunately, yes. but fortunately, yes, yes, yes I, I do. do. Yes, it's I my do. job <laughs> to, you know, make sure that their pecs are nice and shiny. Right. Um, you know, yeah. So it like kind of like fast tracked me into like really so just coming cool. into myself and, and finding yeah. what I actually was since I wasn't allowed to do that the majority of my right. life. So totally. even though the industry is tough, I'm so grateful for it. It right. gave me that like creative right. space. Empowerment. Exactly. Yes. yes. I love it. Through the patriarchy. It. That's right. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yes. So where can we find you, Lindsay? You can find me at Cult Chronicles on TikTok. You can find oh. me at The Cult Chronicles on Instagram. And mm. as far as like my little side of the industry, if you're curious about my work as a real person in the real world now, um, <laughs> you can go to Crazy Pretty is my Instagram. Okay. Crazy Pretty. Crazy Pretty. Yep. That's my handle on Instagram Both as together. a makeup artist and hairdresser. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a podcast, yes. which has oh, nothing okay. to do with religion. <laughs> But every, but I do in like one of the first episodes, I did mention that I was raised in a cult and that was quite literally oh. the first time I ever uttered it like truly out loud. Oh, um, yeah, and again, really. so thankful to my co-host Lottie who like really supported me to be like, you need to start saying it. You need to start like yeah. sharing this because I was so, I was so, um, I hate to wax long about this, but I was so embarrassed and I, I felt, I realized now uh-huh. that I felt like a victim, even though. You know, like somehow I had to have shame for all of this stuff that happened to me and that I had to keep it a secret, especially in the fashion and beauty industry, because I'm like, they're going to ostracize me. They're going to find me weird. I'm not going to get accepted and I'm never going to book a job because I'm the religious freak, even though I'm not anymore. Um, And so for her to like really empower me too, and you know, she's such a big hitter in the industry. um, it, It was just beautiful for her to also like take it up with me and support me in starting to like air this out. Um, That's awesome. you know, yeah. What's the podcast? The like? podcast is We Speak Beauty and we talk about all nice. things in the industry. So it's a little bit niche, but um, I mean, yeah. we have so much fun. And, you know, if you're a beauty person and like all that stuff, you know, we, we have fun and we interview a lot of really cool guests. So, yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Thanks for letting me share that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And we wanted to remind our listeners, uh, those five of you, <laughs> uh, that we have a. Just kidding. There's six. You're sweet. Uh, now seven. There's store. me. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a merch store. Uh, if you go to thebernedenpodcast.com, you can, you know, check out the merch. Uh, we have some cool shit, and there is a shirt with Mel fucking uh, Bill. Okay, yeah, I should. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that's gonna catch on it's like fire. Jesus. Right. <laughs> Just fucking Jesus with a strap yeah. on. That's what the, the that, shirt yeah. is. Can it be the it's South Park Jesus? Yeah. Oh my god! It actually kind of <laughs> looks like it. Kind of. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, have it, I have it printed out on my wall. It's fantastic. Okay. Um, <laughs> also, if you're a simp, I mean a fan of our content and like what we do, please consider supporting us. You can do so by going to Anchor.fm/BurningEden666 and and clicking on the support button. We would like to thank Kayla, William, Robin, Kit, and Chico for supporting us. 
Yes, and you can choose a monthly amount that you want to help us with. It can be 99 cents for all you, you know, it doesn't matter. As long as you share the joy of Bath and Mel with all your loved ones or your hated ones. Yes. Make sure to also leave us a voice message. Yes. Tell us to fuck off. Tell us how pretty I am and tell <laughs> Mel how big her tits are. You know, whatever whatever it. you want to say, <laughs> we will use that audio as the opening to one of our episodes. Yes. That's right. And give us a rating on Spotify or whatever you listen to this podcast yes. to. <laughs> five stars. No. What is it? No more. Please. Only five stars. <laughs> only five stars. Know. Um, and yeah. don't forget, we are, what, like two weeks away? Two and a half weeks Holy away shit. from the Atheist Convention. It's April 14th to the 17th in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, we will be there. Uh, clothing yeah. optional. Um, if you go to convention.atheists.org, you can get all the information, you know, tickets, hotel, um, all that fun stuff. So, yeah, I want to give as, as many people as I can hugs with my tits, mm. naturally. So, tit hug. Tit hug. Woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll see you all there. That'd be, that'd be amazing. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and a big hug to Lindsay. Yes. I want to give you a huge hug Aww. over, over know, the online. Thank you guys. I feel it. I feel this kind of goes. Yeah. Through, through, through the Wi-Fi, a, the yeah. a podcast <laughs> Wi-Fi hug. <laughs> You're hogging my bandwidth, people. <laughs> She's like, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> so much hugging is coming through. Oh my god! <laughs> oh shit! That is not the Holy Spirit. No, no, oh, no. 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 no, That's for real. This is for realness. This, this is actually real. real. Yeah, Legit. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Spirit can quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all right so yes. unlike a strap on fucking bill guther we are gonna wrap oh it up god. and we're gonna <laughs> wrap up this episode thank you yes, again thank you Nancy. thank you guys fucking amazing thank you so much for letting me share i appreciate it absolutely yes ma'am and that is what the lord wants amen, amen. hallelujah <laughs>